Are you Mick or Keith? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and if, you, if you have no idea what I was talking about, it means you're really young and just ask somebody next to you. So, yeah. Thursday, I'm, I'm, we, we've been looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And basically, Jesus challenged the, the prevailing thought of his day, and I believe our day, uh, a thought that most of us buy into. And that is that I've got to have all my problems solved in order to be happy. That everything needs to be perfect in my life for me to be happy. And Jesus basically comes along and says, you know what? Happiness does not depend on the right circumstance. It depends on the right attitude. And we've been saying through, through this series that happiness is a choice. It's a choice that, that we make. That my happiness is not determined by what's happening around me, but rather what's happening inside me. And so we've been looking at these eight attitudes for, for living. Uh, we looked at that we need to activate humility in our, in our lives. That it pays in high dividends when, when we humble ourselves. And then we talked about how to navigate through pain. The fact is, life's full of pain. And uh, how do we get through that? And last week, we talked about renovate. And basically said we need to tear everything apart in our life and do a complete renovation. And that we need to end the great debate. You know, who's in charge in my life? Is it you or God? Who's in charge? And we looked at how to give God the reins. And today what I want to talk about is saturate. Because I believe this is the key to satisfaction. Jesus said... Happy are those who are hungry and thirst for true goodness, for they will be fully satisfied. I don't know that we really understand that verse, because in America, most of us do not know what it means to be hungry or thirsty, either one. I mean, hunger for us in the U.S. is, I wake up and I've got to feed the beast, you know. And so what I do... I make a run for the border, hit Taco Bell. You know, I get thirsty. I get a Sprite. I obey my thirst. And that's about as far as it goes. You know, Mother Teresa, she spent 45 years working in Calcutta, India. She worked with people that understood what it meant to go hungry. And I remember her saying that in India, they're starving physically. But in America, they're starving emotionally. Friends, we are all hungry inside, and it's a spiritual hunger. I mean, we don't call it that, but that's what it is. It's a spiritual hunger. I mean, you hear it in things like, my life is empty. You know, something seems to be missing. There, There must be more to life than this. And even when things are, are good, you know, you've had some successes in life, there is this gnawing feeling inside that we're just missing something. You know, I think the Rolling Stones kind of gave us the theme song for our, our day. And that is, I can't get no satisfaction. Why are so many people dissatisfied in life? I mean, the Bible says it's because we're looking in the wrong places for satisfaction. And so today what I want to do is look at how do we become satisfied in in life? 
I have said through this series, and I believe God's word teaches us, happiness is a choice. Life is full of choices. You have to make them every day. And today we're going to find that satisfaction, it's contingent upon the choices we make. If you're going to find satisfaction in your life, you've got to make some serious choices. I mean, you've got to make them. You know, we have to choose, one, to vacate some places. We all go to different places to try and find satisfaction. We're searching for it, place after place after place, and we're looking. You know, people look for, for that satisfaction in places like pleasure in, in life. You know, that's it. If I could have enough pleasure in my life, then I'd be happy. If I could just do this or, or do that, if I could take this trip, if I could just cut loose this weekend, if I could experience the thrills and chills of life, then then I'd be happy. Then things would be right. You know, Ecclesiastes says, no matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're never content. I think ads kind of tap into that psyche. They, they appeal to our thirst, to our hunger for, for happiness. You know, it's that idea. You're, you're watching something and, and you go... If I get this, if I get that, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be filled up. Then that'll change my life. And what's interesting is this stuff promises so much. But you ever notice how little it delivers? Now, don't raise your hand, but how how many of you ever make a late-night refrigerator raid? You know what I'm talking about? It's where you get up, you go to the refrigerator... You, you, you don't know what you're hungry for. And so what do you do? You open the door, and you look in, and you look around. Hmm. And so you're like, oh, maybe that. And you open it up, and you nibble on a little bit of it, and you go, hmm, no, not that. Nibble on something else. And then, seriously, five or six or ten or twelve things later, you finally give up. You're still not satisfied. Really, the only thing you've succeeded in is indigestion at this point, right? Well, friends, I would argue that that's how some people approach life. They try this, they try that. They're trying to find satisfaction. They're hungry, they're thrifty, and so what they do is they go on one thrill-seeking adventure after another. You know, it's one one party. You know, one they hit the scene, they hit the clubs. They you know they have a one-night stand. Other people try and purchase their happiness, but they're trying all this stuff. You know, I think Mastercard has it right. Some things money just can't buy, and happiness is one of them. But people are willing to break the bank. They're willing to break the rules. They're willing to break the promises to find happiness. We want it so bad. Proverbs says, you're addicted to thrills. What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. People also uh, look, I, I think, in places like uh, the performance track. Any of you on that performance track? Around and around and around we go. You know, and this is a tough one, especially if you're a workaholic in your life, because you keep thinking you're going to get filled up at some point, that it's going to hit. You know, Ecclesiastes says, the days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. That's an uplifting passage. 
It's like round and around. I mean, don't misunderstand. I, I believe that there's a level of satisfaction that, that we receive when a job is well done. But it is not the satisfaction that's going to be long term. You know, if you think that that degree or that award or that the accolades or that promotion will give you the satisfaction that you're looking for, friends, you are going to be sadly disappointed. You know, there's this myth out there that success produces satisfaction. And I got a newsflash for you. It's not true. It's not true. In fact, many successful people are extremely unsatisfied in their life. I mean, after the, the thrill of winning or accomplishing or obtaining, after that initial rush in your life, when things settle back down, there's an emptiness. And you find yourself going, this is it? This is it? Something's still missing. You know, people look for satisfaction in possessions. I think I've said before, you know, we got uh, twice as many products today as we did 10 years ago. And, and they all claim to satisfy, you know, satisfaction guaranteed in life. But I got a simple question. Are people more satisfied today? You know, I'll, I'll hear people say things like, you know, even when I get what I want, it's not what I wanted. You know, that, that, that sense of disappointment. There is a deep level of disappointment and dissatisfaction. I mean, we're, we're just dissatisfied. Ecclesiastes says, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. You know, we've talked about this a lot. The, you know, this idea that when I make X amount of money, or when I get that house, or that car, or when I get that toy, then I'll be happy. Then everything will come together. And when you finally get that thing, whatever it is, oh, it brings joy for a moment, a season maybe. But it's fleeting. It doesn't last. And I want to suggest we just need to vacate these places. You know, take them off your list of things that are going to make you happy. You know, satisfaction is not found in pleasures, not found in performance, not found in possessions. So where is it found? Well, the psalmist says, seek your happiness in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. If you don't get anything else this morning, get this next part. Do not seek happiness. Seek God. Happiness is a byproduct of seeking God. If you make happiness your goal in life, you will miss it. You will never be happy. Because happiness is usually the last place that we look. I mean, we try everything else, and we go, that's not it. That's not it either. It's not that. Nope, not this either. And when we're out of options... We finally go, all right, I give up. We're down for the count. All right, I'll try God. Friends, how do you experience satisfaction in life? Well, first you've got to vacate those places. Then you need to educate yourself and identify the real hunger in you. You know, what is it that's really missing? What is it that's not there? You know, too many people don't know what they want in life. 
And I want to suggest to you that God created you. He created you as a spiritual being. He created you to love him, to know him, and for you to be loved by him. You were created by God, and God created you with this void, this hole that only God can fill. There's no substitute for it. Some of you are deeply hungry today. You're not happy in life. You feel like you're missing something. And friends, I want to tell you, it's nothing you can buy. It's nothing you can go get. There's nothing you can obtain. There's nothing you can accomplish that is going to satisfy that hunger because it's God created. It's a hunger. It's a spiritual hunger, and it's a hunger for God. I mean, the sooner you realize that fact, the better off. I mean, why does God give us this hunger? Do you ever you ever wonder? Deuteronomy, uh, Mo- Moses is writing this. He says, "Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry, and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that the people do not live by bread alone. Rather, read with me." We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Moses, we just come off our series on Moses. He was leading the Hebrews out of bondage in Egypt. They're wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Friends, when they had a crave, when they needed to feed the beast, there were no Taco Bells out there. So they had to think outside the bun. And God provided manna, food from heaven. Uh, We talked about that in the the series. But I want you to notice something in in the scripture there. It says God let them go hungry. He let them. Why? So they'd recognize that they needed him, that they would depend on him. I mean, I believe that God lets you and I go hungry in our life. He uses disappointments and disillusionment and dissatisfaction in life. The Bible says happy are those that are hungry. For God's trying to get your attention in that moment. God uses situations to get our attention. You know, when you get or accomplish something you go, this didn't deliver. This came up short. I'm still hungry. I'm still thirsty. I still feel like I don't have what I need. And God's sitting there going, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find that satisfaction that you're longing for in the places you're looking. God would say, you know what? I made you with a hole in your heart. And it's a hole that only I can fill. Happy are the hungry. If you're hungry today, if you came in here this morning going, I am missing something in my life. I want to say congratulations. Because God's getting ready to do something great in your life. Notice it says that God it says humbled you. Humbled you. Hungry people, physically hungry people, are humble people. If you take someone that's really hungry, seriously hungry, like fighting for their life, they do not care if they get food and it's served with linens or napkins. They don't care if it's on china or a paper plate or if you just hand it to them. They just want food. Give me food. Hungry people are humble. 
And hunger is painful. But it motivates. If you are hungry today, I want to educate you so that you realize that the real hunger is to know God. It's to know God. That's why it comes up short. That's why stuff doesn't deliver. Because you're wanting to connect with God and God's wanting to connect with you. And something else, once you figure that part out, is you need to eliminate. You need to eliminate junk food. You know, quit eating things in your life that don't satisfy. Isaiah says, why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? You know, God's saying, quit wasting your time. Quit wasting your money. Quit wasting your energy on all these things in the world that just don't deliver. They will not satisfy you. God would say, what you're looking for is me. You know, eliminate the junk food. There's a plant in Australia that uh, they take the spores off a, a clover fern and they make it into bread and porridge. It contains no protein, no carbs, no vitamins. Kind of like South Beach thing, you know. But get this, it has nothing essential for sustaining life. And people who depend on that food for life, if they don't have something else, I mean, their stomachs are full, but they will die. There's a lot of spiritual junk food out there. Do you know the difference between being filled and being satisfied? You know, we live in a country that it's kind of an artificial amusement capital of the world. There are more things to fill you up. The options are endless. Things that will fill up your time, that will fill up your calendar, things you can use, things you can buy, things you can spend your energies on. There are all kinds of things you can fill your mind with. And friends, you fill it up, but it doesn't satisfy. And it's interesting, we all have appetites. And we are influenced by the people we associate with. In other words, if you get around someone and they're hungry for something, you get hungry for it. I mean, if you hang with people that love the junk food of this world, that is what you're going to find you're hungry for in your life. But, it, but it's, it's crazy. I mean, we, we get so caught up in this stuff. You know, whoever we're hanging out with, we get hungry for that. But if you want an appetite for godly things, I suggest you get around people that have a godly appetite because it's contagious. Spiritual hunger is contagious. Don't settle for the junk food that the world offers you. Eliminate it. Get rid of it. Throw it out and realize all it's going to do is fill you, but it's not going to satisfy you. You need to saturate your life with Jesus Christ. Saturate your life with Jesus Christ. John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Later in the chapter, if you read the whole chapter, he says, if anyone eats the bread, that they'll live forever. 
has eternal consequences. Bread is a basic. It's an essential of life. You can live on bread and water. In a famine, one of the first things they fly in is flour so people can make bread. Rice and beans follow usually. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm it. What you need to live is me. Jesus says, I can meet your needs. I can meet them all. You're looking for something to fill that void. Jesus says, I'll fill it. You need me. You cannot fill the void without me. You know, it's, it scares me. The, the whole New Age movement is popular in our society, and people are buying it up. You know, and basically what it says is find satisfaction in yourself. Find happiness within, the God within you. Sounds good. Sounds great. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It would be like if you were physically hungry right now. Maybe you are. Your stomach starts grumbling. And you just tell your stomach, you say, feed yourself. It doesn't work, does it? When you're spiritually hungry, you have a void in your life. Friends, you have to go outside of yourself to another source. I want to suggest you have to saturate your life with God, the God that made you, the God that made you with that void so that you would seek him, so that you would love him, so that you would be loved by him. You know, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. One day he met a woman at the well, and he said this to her. He says, everyone who drinks of this water, he's pointing to the well, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them, they will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Water's more essential than food. In fact, you can go several weeks without food. But you cannot go more than about three days without water. 70% of your body requires water. Every cell in your body needs water to survive. You can't survive without water in your life. Jesus says, it's more than you want me. Jesus says, you need me. You need me to survive. I am the living water. You cannot make it without me. How many of you have ever been thirsty before? Like so thirsty that it is immaterial what the cost is of the water. That's what that scripture means when it says that we're to hunger and thirst for God. You know, there's really three stages in a a person's walk with God. One is, I want God in my life. The other is, I need God in my life. And then at some point, it's, I've got to have God. I can't make it without him. He made you. He created you with that void, with that hole in your life and my life. And it starts with us kind of wrestling with basic questions. You know, who am I? Why am I here? You know, what, what's the purpose of life? Who's God? What's going to happen when this is all over? Spiritually hungering questions. And friends, those are not going to be answered. They're not going to be satisfied. 
by watching a movie, by having more sex, by getting stoned, by accomplishing stuff, by getting things. They are basic core questions of life, and it's a hunger, it's a deep, deep hunger to know the God that created us. You know, Jesus said in the last couple of verses we looked at, he says, whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. In John 4, he says, those who drink will never be satisfied again. Come, believe, drink. You'll never be hungry, never be thirsting. You'll always be satisfied. I mean, here's my point. You are going to be hungry and thirsty in your life until you do something about it. You, you, can, you can be hungry. Your stomach can be growling physically. You're, you're starving. But if you do not take action, you're still going to be hungry. You know, you've got to get up, get some food, put it in your mouth, chew it up, and swallow it in order to satisfy that, that hunger. The same is true spiritually. You've got to take actions, and you've got to do three things, and that is come, believe, and drink. That's how you saturate God. First, you come to Jesus Christ. You know, second, you believe in Jesus Christ, and then you drink in Jesus Christ. You let him saturate your, your life. You know, and it, some of you right now, you'd go, well, I've taken that step. And some of you haven't. Some of you have never come to Jesus Christ. You've never put your faith in him. Now get this. You, you believe. You believe Jesus is real. But you haven't put your faith in him. Big difference. Big difference. See, this is more than head knowledge. It's acknowledging Jesus Christ as Savior. It's committing my life and saying, I believe. I believe what you, why you came. I believe what your word says. Some of you have never done that. Have you realized something's missing? Would you say that today? It's just something missing. In spite of the successes, the, the apparent outward successes that I've had in life and people think I'm satisfied but underneath it all there's this undercurrent I'm missing something I'm not really satisfied I mean even when I'm winning it's not enough deep deep in my soul I know there's got to be more and if that's you again yay because you're in a great place where God can do some great amazing things in your life if you just let him You know, God's creating that hunger so that you'll know him. You know, don't make the eternal mistake of living life without God. When you were born, God gave you your your physical appetite. Do you know why? So you could live. So you wouldn't die. And the same's true. God creates in you that spiritual appetite. Because without it, you, you die. You die. You know, God gave you that so that you would come to know him. So that spiritually when you're hungry, that that you would realize I'm not satisfied. And ultimately it would produce this reaching toward God to fill that void, ultimate satisfaction. See, money can't do that. 
A nice home can't do that. A car can't do that. I mean, getting your face plastered on rolling stones can't do that. The fact is, only God can do that. Power, sex, prestige, they all fail. They all fail to produce lasting satisfaction. You know why? Because it's a spiritual need. It's a God-shaped void. It's a shape that only God can fill. What do you do? I come, I believe, and I drink in Jesus Christ. You notice the promise in uh, Matthew 5, 6. It says, happy are those who hunger and thirst for true righteousness, for they will be fully satisfied. Satisfaction guaranteed from God. You can take that one to the bank. Your hunger is met in knowing God and being known by God, in loving God and being loved by God, in developing a relationship with Him, finding your purpose for which you were made and created. And as you seek Him, as you seek God, you find happiness. You find satisfaction. That's a promise from God. Many of you have taken that step. You believe. You're a Christian. But I want to ask you a question. How's your spiritual appetite? Do you hunger for things of God? Do you long to drink in God? Do you long to be known by God? Do you allow Him to saturate your life? Or is God just a convenience? You know, a little sip every Sunday. Deep hunger and thirst or a little sip? Because you are as close to God, get this, you are as close to God as you want to be. Do not blame anyone else. If you're not close to God, it's not God's fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your children's fault. You are as close to God as you want to be. And God is always working according to our desires. Blessed are those who hunger, thirst, thirst for God. They will be satisfied. You know, it amazes me and bothers me both that how many Christians have this take-it-or-leave-it attitude towards spiritual food? You know, we, we want God when it's convenient, you know, when we're in a bind. But this is just my assessment, opinion, okay? This is my opinion. Too many Christians do not have enough faith. In fact, they have just enough faith for Christianity to bug them, but not enough to bless them. I mean, it's enough faith to really make them miserable in life. Oh, yeah, it keeps them from jumping into the abyss of sin. But it's not enough to really enjoy life. And I want to suggest it's because we're sipping and we're not saturating God. And I know as I say that, some of you go, well, I, I used to have that hunger. You know, when I was first a Christian... I mean, I was devouring the Bible. I was reading all the time. I was reading Christian books. And I longed to know God. I wanted to be at church every week. I didn't want to miss. I had this deep, deep hunger. But I don't have it anymore. You know, physically, if you lose your appetite, it's an indication of an illness. And one of the things that 
If someone's been really ill, they know they're getting better when they regain their appetite. You know, some of you say, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't know why. I just don't have that kind of appetite for God that you're talking about. Well, I can tell you why. It's because you're stuffing yourself on the junk food of this world. I mean, you're munching with culture. You know, stuffing yourself with things and attitudes and events and stuff that just does not satisfy. It doesn't. You know, some of you need to go on a spiritual fast. You go, well, what's that? Well, slow down the intake from the world. You know, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, set aside some time for God. Just talk to God, listen to God. You know, spend some time in in God's Word. And what you find as you slow down on the junk food and fill in yourself with stuff that doesn't satisfy and you give that time to God and you take God in, it changes things. It's interesting. When Jesus said, happy are those who are hungry, there's two words for the word hungry in the Greek. One of the words means, I want a bite of something Give me a piece of bread. It's got that kind of connotation to it. The other word for hungry in the Greek is, I want the whole loaf and give it to me now. Guess which one Jesus used in this passage? I want all of God. Jesus says, happiness comes to the person who says, I want it all. I want all of God I want to saturate my life with God. Jesus says that's the person who will be fully satisfied. Read with me. Happy are those who are hungry and thirsty for true goodness, for they will be satisfied. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. God, I pray that You'd saturate our life. God, there are holes and we feel like we come up so short. We chase so many things, but God, help us to just focus on you, to know that's the reason we're dissatisfied. That's the reason we're disappointed. It's the reason it just doesn't last because we're chasing other stuff. God, I thank you that you loved us so much that you built that into our DNA. That you knew we'd get sidetracked easy. God, I long to know you and to be known by you. God, I pray that as a church that we would long to know you and to be known by you. God, we thank you For all the opportunities, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, I pray you give us the strength to reach out to you, to realize you're the only true satisfaction. We'll find that when we seek you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.